Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Well, we're just about into September, and uh, first up, we want to send our thoughts and, and, and hopes for the people down in the, in the southern part of the country that they're safe from the, from the storm that's on its way. But getting started here with this week's edition, first up from the Smart Driving Cars newsletter, former Google star and Uber engineer charged with theft of trade secrets. Yeah, well, so, um, you know, what uh, started out as a, um, a, as a, just a suit by Google uh, and Waymo against Uber, uh, uh, focusing on what uh, uh, Anthony Lewandowski did or didn't do um, when he left uh, Google and then uh, went and formed Auto and, uh, which uh, then uh, was uh, was acquired by uh, um, Uber. Uh, now the FBI has stepped in and uh, basically uh, made it uh, provide an indictment of you know uh, thirty three uh, charges of, of theft and uh, in a sense uh, you know uh, taking this into the criminal realm as opposed to just the the, the social realm and um, i think uh, basically points out again people in this business uh, need to behave um, um, you know you can go from one company to the other but you just um, can't fill your pockets as you're um, going from one company to the other not that it's been proven yet that that's what anthony did but at least uh, uh, this uh, should be a um, a very strong warning uh, for people to behave in this industry. I guess it's just uh, too easy to lie, cheat, and steal, and um, and um, one shouldn't be going about this process in that way. Um, uh, this is the the same sort of attacks that we made with respect to uh, Volkswagen and, and Dieselgate and, and the other car companies and their own Dieselgates. Uh, look, uh, uh, especially in this technology that, that is so dependent on, on public trust and is so focused on the perception of safety uh, that, in fact, um, uh, one has to approach it um, uh, absolutely uh, in a forthright manner and a, and a completely honest manner uh, and uh, all these shenanigans um, um, need to be prosecuted. Um, and this goes to the whole uh, cyber attack business also. You know, it's not cute to, to say, oh, my goodness, I took over a car and had to drive, drive off the road. Um, uh, this isn't, um, you know, uh, games for 13 year olds or whatever this is very serious business and if you're going to go do that uh, and, and misbehave then um, then uh, you should pay the consequences so it's at least um, i find it uh, very good that uh, that the fbi has determined the these kinds of actions are are worth their time and and worth their prosecution yeah, certainly, we again, as you pointed out, this is an indictment, not a conviction. But uh, when it comes to when it comes to intellectual property, uh, you know, it, it needs to be protected. Obviously, it needs to be protected, and and it, it is it is uh, it is property. So you know, whether you come in and 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 steal my wife's jewelry or you steal my intellectual property, um, 
uh, it's really the same thing. And in some sense, uh, you know, the intellectual property is is worth a lot more than the jewelry. There's a piece uh, in the in the newsletter also titled Waymo Riders Describe Experiences on the Road. Uh, and uh, people are doing a lot of talking, aren't they? Well, that's good. I mean, I think one needs to ask the question. The issue is, is what's the standard? And if the standard is, you know, perfect, comfortable ride, my end, well, okay. Then, and yes, people are, have some complaints. Um, uh, uh, whenever I ride shotgun, I complain about how the, how the driver is driving, uh, you know, my wife's with me and I'm driving. Uh, of course, I'm a perfect driver and she never complains, uh, whatever. Um, yeah, so, uh, but, um, but um, you know. It's not a surprise uh, that people have something to say and sometimes complain and sometimes have nice things to say. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the, way, the way we are. I mean, of course, I never complain about anything. But um, anyway, whatever. It's, it's good to hear. Yes, uh, uh, there is no, nothing that is perfect. Uh, but when you look at it in terms of the opportunity to provide mobility and the opportunity to, provo- to, uh, to actually uh, achieve ride sharing and the opportunity to do this at a very, very affordable uh, price uh, and uh, and then the implications on on energy and 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 pollution and congestion. Uh, this is all worth doing. And uh, you know, I don't know uh, how often have I taken a, a ride on United Airlines and not complained about United Airlines. Uh, I mean, you know, or uh, heaven forbid, New Jersey Transit. Uh, but a- again, I was happy to get there. I was happy they took me, and um, and I go back. I'll go back and use them again. And uh, obviously, the the opinions of the riders are important, as the op- opinions of the of the public in general. We've talked before, and we uh, talked last week with our friend Ken Pyle about the the city of San Jose and uh, its meeting with the Daimler. Uh, people who came in to uh, try to smooth the way for some testing that, that will be taking place there. And you have that in, in the newsletter this week as well. Absolutely. It's, it's people's perception of this and, and their welcoming and their acceptance of this as a, as, a, as a contribution to the improvement of their quality of life. And uh, that's basically, uh, to me, what the, what the hurdle is that has to be it has to be achieved uh, uh, by not only the, the the users, but those that are are impacted by by this technology. And those that are impacted by this technology include uh, all the people that live along the 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 streets, uh, the neighborhood streets that these vehicles will need to use. You know, it's one thing when they go down the New Jersey Turnpike. Uh, nobody lives along the New Jersey Turnpike. Fine, okay, who cares? Uh, but uh, when they go down, uh, but at some point they have to pick people up, and people, uh, where are they going to pick them up? Somewhere near their home. That means these things are going to have to use neighborhood streets. And therefore, they're going to come in there and, and they're going to be passing in front of people's houses. And those folks are going to have an opinion. And if their opinion is, uh, geez, this, these are alien uh, intruders, 
uh, then uh, good luck. This, these systems will never get out of the testing stage. You know, you know, one isn't interested in testing. One is interested in operation and having these things contribute to an improved quality of life. Uh, and you only get there if you get beyond the testing and you only get there if, if it, these things are welcomed by the community and, and appreciated. If they're not, then the community will find ways to make sure that uh, they, they, don't, they don't come around. And I don't know what they'll do. As I said, I say, if I, you know, if I don't want these things coming down my street, maybe I'll just have my dog go out there and stop it. And then I'll run out with a jack, jack them up, put them on cinder blocks and steal their wheels. I mean, these things are, hey, some of the time they'll be running around empty coming to your house to pick you up by my and and pass by my house. And uh, I, I better be at least uh, not displeased about that uh, because if I am displeased then uh, you know I might do something about it of course I won't do something about it it will be you but whatever you understand what I'm saying sure and and part of this picture is gaining uh, the support of the community through groups and people who really stand to benefit the most from having right. this technology available and getting them involved and having us all learn from them as well. Yeah, right. And it's, it's about providing, uh, providing upfront what it is, how good it is, you know, what its limitations are, uh, and uh, you want it or don't. This, is, this isn't going to be something that, uh, uh, that uh, the state will put through in the next five-year plan and force us to use, uh, at least not here, at least I hope not. Uh, it's going to be something that that is really consumer driven. It's it's user driven. It's 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 driven, uh, motivated. Um, uh, that that will have have it happen, and and that's it's going to be pulled, not pushed on us. It's going to be pulled by us, and so somehow one has to create that 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 market acceptance. And, and to, to date, what people have is they basically have a Sunday supplement view of these things. You know, it's the Jetsons. They have some you know, who knows what uh, aspect of it and that, that, that uh, both has, uh, has wonderful aspects, but also enormous fears, and especially because of the safety question. And again, it's not whether or not these things are, are safe from, from a, from a objective uh, and, and quantitative point of view it's whether or not they're safe from a perceptive point of view of those who are who are both uh, potential users and those uh, uh, in, in down whose streets these uh, vehicles will pass and and so it requires both of those communities uh, to, to come together. Uh, we uh, we aren't going to have eminent domain that says, "Hey, these things are going to be forced down our streets." I, I, I don't believe the, the the public will put up with it. Uh, with that, uh, you know, we might have been able to build roads and and ruin some some beautiful waterfront by eminent domain or push through neighborhoods and ruin neighborhoods to to put our freeways through our cities and so on. I you know. That worked, you know, in 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 the fifties and the sixties. I, I don't think that's going to work today, 
And all, the, all we have to do is, is look at uh, Amazon's um, uh, efforts uh, to do a, a second headquarters in Queens, New York. Uh, boy, everybody at the top was uh, was most welcoming and pouring money into it, but uh, the community not so much. And nobody talked to the community where they were, where the, where the headquarters was actually going to be built and and. and impact the folks on the ground so this is really important and it's very difficult to deal with and um, uh, you know we need some efforts there right now if you look at the investment in this technology the 100 billion or whatever that have been spent so far it's been all on gizmos you know, it's been on, on LIDARs and radars and algorithms and deep learning and, and, and so on and so forth. There's been essentially nothing spent on really uh, what is the uh, – how do, does one really create a market for it? How does, how does one really improve uh, quality of life? Is this really going to lead to greater uh, suburbanization and, and uh, more vehicle miles traveled and on in a and per, personal vehicles, or is it really going to be mobility as a service that, that allows and, and uh, for uh, leveling of the playing field uh, for everyone and 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 be really affordable mass transportation? Uh, heaven forbid. Uh, that's what it really is. That's where its opportunity really is. It's an opportunity, at least as as, as I see it, and the reason why I spend basically 18 hours a day thinking and uh, about this is is because it has the opportunity to to take a, a transportation for a mall from being you know serving something like four uh, percent of the trips nationwide uh, to. Uh, to uh, maybe 60, 70, 80% of the trips nationwide. It's a real opportunity to, to provide enhanced mobility, enhanced quality of life, save the environment and all those things. That's, that's the opportunity, whether or not we get there. And if we don't get there by, from a welcoming of the, of, of the communities that are going to benefit from this, at least that I think we're going to benefit from this, then it's not going to happen. So anyway, all this is really important. And, and of course, we, we need to pay very close attention to the initial users and their, their responses. Um, uh, but if there's responses aren't perfect, um, and we say, oh no, this has to be perfect. Then, um, I guess we're not going to get there because, um, except for you, Fred, um, <laughs> nobody else is perfect. <laughs> Speechless. There's a, there's a piece, uh, that's in the newsletter about Toyota. If you're wondering what they're doing when it comes to this technology, well, they've they formed a partnership with Pony AI, and starting next month, they're going to have a pilot project uh, with self-driving vehicles in uh, Beijing and Shanghai using Lexus RX vehicles. Yeah, and so again, this is this is a, a test, but the, again, this is being done with uh, with uh, attendance on board. Uh, this is um, you know, maybe somewhat like what uh, has been going on now for over a year um, in Arizona by by Waymo. So this is an, another effort. It's nice to see them out there doing it. Uh, but <clears throat> what I, I but. What one has to do with all this, it's nice to do the tests. 
but what is being tested, uh, which is uh, a technology with a with uh, an attendant on board, until you get rid of that attendant, uh, this stuff really doesn't have a business model that is sustainable. And therefore, it's nice tests. We'll have nice reports. Uh, they'll go on a shelf. Uh, but in terms of um, the objective of all this, which is improvement of the quality of life of at least uh, uh, a substantial number of people, um, it's not going to do it. Well, talk about sustainability. Uh, the New York Times had a piece uh, in the business section with the headline, Cadillac's Last Stand, Storied Brand Aims Again for Revival. Yeah, so I put it in there because, because again, poor Cadillac. You know, the, the whole thing is basically focused uh, around a, uh, a, a test drive uh, with, the, with their... Um, self-driving capabilities on highways which is really good that's super cruise, uh, right? and, and super cruise and it and and the the great innovation that that the cadillac made was was the inclusion of a camera that says okay you know you can use this as long as uh, we think uh, that uh, you're driving in an area that where it's usable, that being uh, the the highways that, that they've uh, they've uh, tried this on, and basically let's call it certified. It's not really a you know explicit certification. It's an internal certification process that that uh, that Super Cruise will work, uh, but you have to pay it. Continue to pay attention in case you know things begin to happen and uh, and what they've done is put a camera in, in in the system that basically does an eye tracker and as long as you continue to pay attention you could use the toy you stop uh, paying attention then then the toy is taken away from you which is a great approach uh, that they've taken and uh, and I think everybody they've gotten they've gotten very very good reviews on on that approach. Everybody thinks that that's uh, that's a great approach. <laughs> the problem is, as as I guess is is a little bit of of uh, GM's history with you know things like airbags and old Oldsmobiles. I don't know in in the in the 60s and 70s, but never taking on the market or with EV1 and. And you know, trying to do electric cars and then basically crushing them all. You know, they put this in a Cadillac CT6, and as they say, as the article says, that there haven't been any reported crashes uh, with respect to uh, the use of this system. Um, what they what they then go and say is is that they really haven't sold many. <laughs> Have they sold any? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I guess they've sold a few, uh, but they, they haven't, they, they just put it in the CT6 and only the high end CT6. And apparently, uh, the sales of those things are, are, are down and, and again, down like 60% this year. <laughs> that's what they say, you know, or who knows what the number really is and so on. And, and, and so as opposed to Tesla, what they do, you know, to sell all their lines of cars, what's out front? 
it's autopilot, or maybe at least that's what I perceive to be out front because that's what I, that's the first thing that I see. But of course, I'm biased. I, I admit I'm biased. But I think the take-up rate on autopilot by Tesla is, you know, over 40%. I mean, it, which is a, a huge number on, on for for an add-on on a, on a car where, you know, everybody's really worried about what the monthly payments are going to be when they, you know, when they walk into it. Well, there are no showrooms for Tesla, so they do it different ways. But, you know, where that's been central to, to the sale of the automobile here, uh, this great, what I would say is a great system that uh, that uh, GM has created, <laughs> uh, they're not using it to sell vehicles. I mean, uh, I, I don't understand them. Yeah, you've had, you've had some nice things to say. I know from the from the start about the, what they've done with Super Cruise and and the the concept of keeping an eye on the driver to make sure that they're that they're behaving to be able to use it. Well, yeah, I mean that that is that is the quid pro quo. You can have all the benefits of Super Cruise of, of it keeping you in the lane, making it more relaxing to drive, and all that, as long as you pay attention. Okay, and, and it's the same thing for for. Tesla or, or or Daimler or any of these systems, and and what they did is they they took that seriously and and provided a system to make sure that you did, okay, and 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 making sure that you did is uh, you're paying attention is not having your hand on the steering wheel. That doesn't mean you're paying attention, okay. Just having your hands on the steering wheel. And, and of course, you know, watching somebody's eyes isn't the perfect attention um, uh, determinant, but boy, it's out there in the 90 plus percent level. So uh, it's a it's a great implementation that they've done. And um, and uh, it'd be nice if they put it out in open source or something like that so others could also use it i don't know what their protection is with respect to to intellectual property and so on and so forth but uh, boy that's that'd be one that um, that a lot of other companies should should uh, should implement be a nice uh, gift to everybody if gm provided that out there and said this is a this is good for the motoring public we're going to share it but you know maybe that's asking way too much of them Everybody go buy Cadillacs. Well, <laughs> but they don't offer it. You go to a dealer and it's not there. They haven't right built unless it. you're willing to spend you know, eighty thousand dollars. Well, or, or, or unless you're willing to spend eighty thousand. You got to spend eighty thousand dollars if you're buying an S, and you're you know not that far away if you're buying a three. Uh, but whatever, that's you know. But, but yeah, it's it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> You also highlight a piece from the National Review with the headline, The Driverless Car Pile-Up, uh, and it has a subheadline: if our best and brightest venture capitalists can't pick winners, the government doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, well, uh, yes, that's, that's a, an interesting piece that goes through a lot of the issues with respect to the development of, of this particular technology and, and what the role of, uh, of the... Uh, of uh, of Washington should be in all this. Uh, we are still at the very very beginning, and and one it's it's hard to tell how the you know uh, how this should go, who should go, and and and, and how it should develop, and uh, and the amount of effort that's gone into it. Um, in some sense, um, uh, Washington could never afford. 
And so instead of this being, um, you know, it, it, I guess at one point, you know, in the 60s and 70s, it was the military industrial complex that, that, that led innovation and, and so on. And, and in some, in another sense, it was, uh, you know, government contracts out of, out of uh, research contracts out of places like the National Science Foundation and so on that led. I mean, the problem is none of those entities uh, have the resources that have been uh, expended on this, which over the past 10 years is, you know, of order $100 billion. And that's a B. And and, uh, and, and so those, sure, the military could do it, could have done it, but they have too many other things they're pursuing. But uh, so, in a sense, um, uh, there there has been that, and it's a, an article to basically look at, at at the various motivating forces. The argument for the hundred billion in 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 private sector investment is that this is really a disruptive technology. That can take this uh, this mobility market, which Adam Jonas uh, and others uh, uh, targeted to be, uh, you know, a ten trillion dollar a year uh, market, uh, um, and can disrupt that and change it, and 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 has opportunities as we just got done discussing it and doing it to. To not only provide a, at least a equivalent mobility as we have now, um, and why I say equivalent is because if you look at if you can afford it, this uh, this do-it-yourself mobility uh, that we all have, because uh, we've uh, gotten the public sector to or, or the utility to build roads for us. Uh, and have the roads out there that basically allow us to uh, go from almost anywhere to almost anywhere as long as we're willing to do it ourselves. And if we're willing to put in our own blood, sweat, and tears into it, we can then go down to the dealer, buy a vehicle, and if we're physically and mentally capable enough and, and of the in the right age bracket, uh, we can get a permit that allows us to use this this public investment in the in the roadway system and do it ourselves. Mobility is is essentially uh, uh, from anywhere to anywhere, uh, and the, the reason why we I guess love it is somehow we've been convinced that that if we do it ourselves, uh, we don't have to pay ourselves. We don't. It looks like it's free. And therefore, my goodness, it's great. But if you don't have the opportunity to do it yourself, uh, because you don't have a car available to you, or you aren't uh, financially or or mentally or agely, if that's a correct word, uh, capable or in the right bracket, then you are you're sunk unless you happen to live in Manhattan. Uh, you know, where you have the subway available from you, essentially a short walk away uh, from wherever you want to come from and go to, you're really sunk. And 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 uh, while the public sector has, has 
tried to put a, a somewhat of a mobility system out there to to bail you out. Uh, those things are are enormous, enormously uh, inefficient, subsidized enormously. Uh, uh, their cost uh, would be so exorbitant if they had to if they had to make it on their own. So they're subsidized, and so that you know, at least some people uh, can afford to take it, and and don't really take you from where you want to come from to where you want to go. And so the quality of life of those of those folks is completely different than those of us that that are able to afford to just hop out of the house anytime, hop in a car and go to wherever we want, whatever, and and so on, and, and have that flexibility. Why? Because we're willing to do it ourselves, and 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 pay for ourselves. Well, we think that you know, geez, we do that for free. What else do we do for free? Well, an interesting thing too is that uh, even if there is public transit, uh, if if there was a public transit system that that went to your local Costco, it'll get you there. How are you going to bring all that stuff back? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you could you could uh, yeah take take the cart and put the cart on there or something or you know right. throw it in the trunk of the vehicle that brought you there and pull pull it out of the trunk of the vehicle that gets you there. Or, you know whatever. Or you know maybe you're not gonna you're not gonna go to Costco and buy a lifetime supply of whatever you of each of the items that you buy at Costco. You're gonna buy a little bit smaller. Or Amazon's gonna be really happy gonna say, forget Costco, man. You know, go online. We'll bring it to you. <laughs> anyway, our friend uh, Michael Senna has a new edition of the Dispatcher out, and uh, you're highlighting a couple of pieces really that. Uh, that are in there. Obviously, another uh, great addition. We want to encourage people to go check that out. Right. I mean, Michael is such a good writer, and 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 he writes about three of the the um, companies that are really involved in trying to bring um, driverless mobility to market, and 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 who they've. Uh, uh, they're collaborating with, and basically, his thesis is that uh, that uh, those entities are the ones that are, are bringing the traditional OEMs into um, uh, the the at least uh, discussing uh, mobility as a service uh, using uh, driverless vehicles. Um, again, uh, the issue with respect to the uh, classic automaker is. Is that are they really going to change their business models? Are they going to become uh, uh, providers uh, and 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 deliver mobility on demand uh, to individuals, or are they going to continue what they've been doing for over a hundred years, which is uh, selling us uh, a, a vehicle and then say, "Hey, go do it yourself with this." We we have we have the do-it-yourself technology. Here, you buy this and you can do it yourself. It's almost giving you a, a hammer and, and you can hammer in the nails as opposed to getting a carpenter. Um, and and um, and so um, uh, that's not the best analogy, but whatever. Uh, but uh, and and so he he really questioned. He he sees the fact that that the automakers have to have to at least been be talking about this because otherwise um, they really are going to get blockbustered. Uh, but uh, are they really going to go there, or would they be able to? Uh, 
to enhance Blockbuster enough such that Netflix doesn't actually happen? Uh, Are they really going to just give us a self-driving technology in our own cars, uh, make it so that uh, we just love them so much and uh and we just uh we're just going to go to the grave with them and um and forget this stuff with respect to um having this mo- driverless mobility as a service out there uh competing and and um servicing um uh, uh 80% of the trips or whatever that it might so you know, it's it's a very very interesting dynamic and and Michael um uh does a very nice job of, of describing uh, both what's at stake and who the players are. Yeah, and if you talk about uh, automakers, uh, there was another report. I, I think it was Ford was looking at uh, the turnover. If you have automated vehicles out there, uh, th- that uh, they're only going to last a few years. Well, of course. I mean, the, the reason why our cars last so long and the average age of a car out there is, what, 11 years is because they stay parked 95% of the time. They don't do anything. You know, they, 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 I, drive mine to, I drive mine to work one mile. Sorry. You know, it stays parked and drive it back, you know, another mile. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a 2002 and it has under 50,000 miles on it. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, of course it's going to last a long time. It hasn't provided any mobility. Uh, well, I mean, whenever it takes me, I, you know, I love it, whatever, and so on and so forth, all those other things. Um, but if these things are, are really mobility machines that are out there providing mobility to you and then mobility to me and then mobility to us together and then mobility to my neighbor, da, 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 and working, you know, maybe eight hours a day, six hours a day, you know, seven hours a day. They aren't going to work 24. Not all of them are going to work 24. There'll be some available all 24, but they won't all work 24. So they'll all work, you know, six, seven uh, you know, compared to, to right now, the mind's working like, you know, 15, you know, 20 minutes. So, you know, there, there's a factor of 10 involved in terms of the of the utilization of the vehicle. So, of course, it's not going to last uh, the 20 years or half-life of 11 or whatever the, the number is. Uh, half-life of a uh, New York City cab right now is 3.3 years. So these things are going to be used to the intense intensity of a New York City cab. If if I'm an Uber driver, if I'm a real Uber driver, a real Lyft driver, you know, the half-life of my vehicle is not 11 years. It's 3.3 years. Okay, so somewhere in the whole economics of all, all this stuff and the depreciation, blah, 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 and, and, and so on, that I have to look at to make the business case that I want to be an Uber driver and how much uh, how much is Uber or Lyft going to have to pay me out of these things to be able to make it? You know, I've got to deal with the depreciation of my vehicle, one. And second thing, I have to deal with uh, with my time. Uh, if, if, if now it's a computer that's doing it uh, and uh, the computer costs essentially nothing. And in the end, uh, the, the, the cameras, radars and, and, and LIDARs are going to be essentially free. 
essentially free of, on a per trip basis because of their utilization rate and so on. So of course, then now, now I'm replacing a driver with essentially, with, with essentially free technology. That's how I make it affordable. And then I make it so that so that it can share rides by by controlling it by by providing strong management oversight in in its operation that Lyft and Uber don't have the opportunity to do because they have to control, you know, gig workers to do it. Whereas if it's an algorithm, man, you know, write some code, sucker just works. Figure out what what the right way is, and you know, it's the right way every time so it's a bit easier that's why all this technology has such an opportunity it is and i guess one of the points uh, of, of that piece was that uh, there will still be an opportunity to make plenty of vehicles absolutely because now you got to replace them in, instead of selling the vehicles you know that are going to last a long time you know 16 you're still going to produce 16 million a year okay uh, or whatever it is in the United States to replace those. Absolutely, because they're out there still providing the mobility. And on that note, that'll do for this week. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Have a great Labor Day weekend, and thanks for listening. And be safe this Labor Day. Please drive carefully, even though the forecast is that 400 people are going to die on the roadways. Oh, my goodness. Whatever. Let's hope that doesn't happen.